All right, hey everybody, this is Ashley. And this is Aaron. Put <laughs> these notes. Aaron, look. Keep it going. Okay. <laughs> Hey guys, welcome back to a new week's mini-sode of a perspective. perspective. I'm Ashley. And I'm Aaron. And thank you guys, as always, for joining us another week. Thank you. And we appreciate it, as always. And we are here to bring you some new great content. But first, Aaron, tell the people what a mini-sode is. A mini-sode is a smaller version of our full-length episode. We just take one piece of the regular episode, right? And we break it down and spend a little time, dig a little deeper just on that one piece. So keep the conversation going every week, but half the time, 20 minutes or less, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. Yes, and that is exactly what we're doing this week because our mini-sode topics this week come to you from our last episode of a perspective where we talked about two things that we said during the recording that we were going to do a mini-sode on. So the first topic is going to be the episode of Blackish, Mad, Mad and Bougie. I got the, I had to look up the title, Mad and Bougie. And I love that. Oh, I can't Mad wait to talk about that. Bougie. Oh, Mad and Bougie. Mad and Bougie. Because I remember, Dr- <laughs> we'll talk about it. Okay. So that's going to be our first topic this week. And then the second thing that we're going to jump into we are still talking about taking these two dicks, <laughs> which I am so here for because we have we have an update to taking his two dicks. So I, I shouldn't say his two dicks, really, you know, but you know, you, you know what I mean? Like tank talking about these, the sucking, sucking bleeps. I'm gonna have to start saying bleep. Sorry, guys. Forgive the um, previous Why? dicks. <laughs> no, no, no. Anyway, uh, yes. Yeah, so that is what we're talking about this week. So, look, this you might want to go ahead and jump. This might be one of the first times we actually said we were going to do a mini sode and actually did the mini sode right after. We say, uh, right, we say right. Because a lot time. of t- yeah, we do. Well, no, because we did do it for that um that shape that letter that text thing. Then we talk about it in the, in the episode, and then we actually made a mini-sode about it. So you mean one Or did time. we just make a mini-sode <laughs> so about it? Ah! <laughs> That's better than none, Aaron. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. You're right. Change of perspective, change yes. of outcome. You're right. <laughs> Boom. There you go. All right. So let's start talking about this Blackish episode. All right. So, yes. Okay. So with this Blackish episode. So on last week's episode, if you guys heard, we discussed the episode where Dre was invited to this elite club. Um, and it was pretty exclusive. And then he wanted to bring Charlie into it, which, Trey, you know, I really recommend you for also wanting to bring your people up. That's what you do, man. You give back. You bring it. Anyway. Um, but Charlie was not a good fit for the elite group that Dre had become a member of. And when the guy told Dre that, you know, Charlie's pretty much not one of us, Dre ended his membership. Um, 
And so we discussed it. We discussed it as what you're watching, but we also talked about it because I know I mentioned that, you know, Robin and my mom pretty much felt like that was wrong for them to exclude Charlie. You and I uh, had a different perspective on that where, you know, we actually agreed that, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't wrong. And on top of that, not only was it not wrong, he just didn't do it in a malicious way. You know, he still said nice things about Charlie, but Charlie just wasn't one of them. But anyway, so what I was going to talk about this week was I went back and watched it again. Cause for some reason I really appreciated that episode, even from the moment that Dre met the dude, you know, um, when they were at the little, uh, farmer's market thing Mm -hmm. and Dre was over there, you know, picking up whatever, I can't remember what he was getting, talking about his, uh, fingerling potatoes that he was going to make, blah, blah, blah. And dude was like, it's a place for, uh, people like us brothers or brothers like us. Uh, I don't, it was, I liked all of it anyway. So, and the episode was called Mad and Bougie. Because remember how mad Dre was that the dude even approached him? Do you remember? Like, when he first went to Bo, when they were still at the farmer's market? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he was, you know, Dre was, he was mad about being bougie, but whatever. Uh, so, I got to thinking about it after I was watching it again. And, you know, I kind of looked at it from Charlie's perspective. Because all we saw was, you know, the dude's perspective that was already a member. We didn't see Charlie's perspective. I mean, even though Charlie said, you know, bring me on or whatever. But after Charlie hung with the guys, we didn't get to see that, you know, if Charlie even wanted to still be a part of a group like that, you know, which also I feel like it's something that we could, it would have been nice to see or whatever. Um, And so I got to thinking about it from Charlie's point of view. And if I was trying, or just me being me, I don't think that's necessarily a group that I would want to be a part of because I don't think that they fit who I am, you know, like. Even though sometimes people call me bougie, I don't think I'm that level of bougie that they are. And while I would appreciate the the um, the group for its uh, benefits, you know, um, was, uh, professionally, mm-hmm. I think like on a personal level, those wouldn't be my type of people. You know what I'm saying? Like, can we can we chill together? You know, can we have candy? Can we you know can we sit back and do the type of things that I like to do? You know, like I I just don't think that I would fit in with them. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, like, I just think it would have been interesting to see it from Charlie's point of view, but still I had the same thought process that I didn't think that God was wrong for wanting to exclude Charlie. Yeah, man. I just, well, one, I want to point out that, that Dre didn't want to bring him along. Dre had reservations about bringing him along at first. Charlie was the one who brought yeah, it up. He really did. And, then, yes. and Dre went to go talk to Bo about it, who then encouraged him to do it. And that was where I think in the same way, I think I talked about projection last time. I think when, when Dre saw that, I think Dre saw in himself what he was thinking. I think Dre saw in that guy, what he was thinking when Charlie first asked him if that's making sense. Like, I think he was hesitant about bringing Charlie out there at first and then realized Mm -hmm. Charlie could fit in and that Charlie was just, you know, Charlie could fit in in that space. And so he started to shift his perspective on the situation. And it wasn't until the guy told him Charlie wasn't a good fit for the club, like for the group, that he then, I think, saw saw in that guy what he was what he was what he what he was thinking at first. Um, right. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. And then the other thing is, I don't know if I actually think Charlie would have liked it. Just to go on what you said, I think Charlie would have liked it because a part of what I get from Charlie's character is. Charlie's trying to always be on the come up. He's always looking for a come up, regardless of the situation or the space. And so that that would position him to be in more of an elevated 
uh, position in his mind in life. And so I think that yeah. he would have fit in. Like, he seemed like, like he, Charlie fits in the all spaces because Charlie shows up I, as Charlie. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't He's necessarily bend him. to the space. He always makes, and in some ways, I feel like the space bends to him <laughs> as much as it can. To, yes. So, yeah, I could have seen. And so just to, just to talk about your point, I think I could have seen Charlie actually being a member of it. Uh, or I think he, or I could see him wanting to have still been a member of the group afterwards. But no, I'm like you. I didn't think that there was anything wrong with him being told with, uh, what is that point man's name? Dre being told Dre. that Charlie was not a fit for the club. Because as I said on the regular episode, there, there are sororities and fraternities that, and not just a part of the D9, right? Just in college life in general, but specifically the D9 fraternities and sororities where not everyone who uh, who wants to be a part of it actually gets into it, which right. now that I say that out loud, it makes me think of college. Not everyone who wants to go to Harvard actually gets into Harvard. Not everyone who wants to, like, yeah, not everything in life is about everyone who wants to do it, it has the opportunity to do it. Some things have right. a criteria that you have to meet, and I think that's ultimately what he was saying. Yeah. Yeah, not that Charlie was a bad man, not that Charlie wasn't a good human being, not even that Charlie was, uh, yeah, none of those things. Just that for for that group, Dre, you're in, right? Dre, you fit. Charlie does not. Right. Yeah, man. I think Dre just needed to really, you know, when I think about it too, and then I'll move on. I think Dre really just was feeling some type of way about no longer being hood rich. I really think that's Dre's like. That was his bigger issue, like, and so them so? excluding them excluding Charlie. Yeah, I, I mean, even though he knows he's not like Charlie, I think he felt like he was still, I don't know, like, cause you remember they had the whole conversation about hood rich versus um, bougie. Yes. Oh, that was hilarious. Oh my gosh, that show. Anyway, yeah, I don't know. I think Dre, but I mean, like I said, the episode was called Mad and Bougie. I think he, it was just hard for him to realize that you are beyond a hood rich level. Is Dre hood rich? No, he is not hood rich. <laughs> they I, they don't listen. <laughs> Dre is not hood rich. Dre's like Have middle seen... upper class, right? He's like considered yeah. middle upper class, right? Yeah, so, but I don't consider that. I guess maybe he thinks his actions make him hood rich. But dude, you're really not hood rich. No, Dre still wants to be in touch. He still wants to be quote unquote down. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Like, I'm using that old yeah. phrase. But Dre still wants to like be in touch with the streets. Right. He does. He's made that clear. And it's a TV show, and you have to realize, like, because I think about, I was when when I said that a lot, I thought about Snoop and, like, others in real life who, at the end of the day, regardless of where their wealth, whatever their wealth status is at this point, still have some street cred. And so it's just interesting to me as to how they manage to keep that or do that or feel that, embrace that in a way that doesn't take away from the elevation that they're going on. And I think that right. that's what we get to see in Black is just sort of Dre's struggle sometimes with with those two lives, right? Where he's going versus where he was and how does he not forget where he's going from? I think he struggles oh. with not trying to forget where he's going, where he came from. Yes. And I also and I like the fact that you use Snoop as a um as a reference just now because what I mean, I got to thinking about it. So somebody like Snoop Dogg, like Snoop did, can party with the best of them, I'm sure, like, can be in, in any group setting, you know, regardless of Snoop who was Martha. in. Snoop and, Snoop and Martha. But would Snoop actually want to 
be a part of that group. You know what I'm saying? Like, is that something like he probably richer than half of the people that were in that group, but that doesn't seem like it would be something for him. You know what I'm saying? Like he just, hmm. okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think I get what you're you saying. saying. Just because, so, I just mean, because you know I you guess... have the ability to fit in doesn't necessarily mean that you want to fit in full time right. in that space. Got it. Right. Especially with that. Cause like I said, you know, just the same way that Charlie wasn't for them. They not for everybody. They wouldn't be for me. So yes. Okay, so yeah, that wraps up my my blackish talk. You got anything else about the episode? <laughs> the blackish no. talk. No, <laughs> I really love the episode though. I think that'll go down in, as one of my faves. So no, I think it was a good episode too. I, and, and and I appreciated. Yeah, I just appreciate all the the different elements to that 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 came with mm-hmm. that episode. And good kind of see, blackish has been good this season. You know, there are a couple good episodes. I go back to the first one with pops, but whatever. All right, oh. so <laughs> yeah, Blackish now. to me does what Grownish does. See, I originally I got into Grownish first, and before I got into Grownish, gro- like really got into Grownish before I really like got into Blackish, and so then I had a bunch really? of episodes to yeah, I, I couldn't okay. wait when Blackish first came out. But that's a whole that's a horse of another color, a whole, a whole other conversation. Well, my point in saying that was that what I appreciated about Grownish, to which I then grew to appreciate about Blackish when I started to watch it, was that they the writers create a situation to where they try to show multiple perspectives to the issue at hand like whatever the the episode is tackling they try to offer you different perspectives and that then in turn allows the audience like the majority of the audience to find themselves in some piece of the episode right and which i think creates healthy conversations if you choose to go in that in that direction like like what we do now i think other people could do that in their regular lives right let's take a blackish episode or a grownish episode, and then have a a real healthy discussion. So that that's a part of why I appreciated that episode because I think it, it opens itself up to to so much more if you want to. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's gonna wrap up our first topic for this mini sode. All right. Now let's get back to Tank and these two. <laughs> oh Beep. My gosh. I can't even believe All we're right. about to do this. Yes. So I guess we should just say the source of where where this minisode is coming from in relationship to the regular episode so t- there's in the media sphere uh there's been sort of this elevated conversation around how many times it takes or how many sexual encounters same sex same sex encounters it takes before someone uh is called <laughs> or labeled yeah there you go <laughs> right and so tank was on lip service with angela yee and Essentially, he just got into this conversation, this back and forth, where he said that if a man gives head twice and he decided right. that's not for him, it doesn't it doesn't make him gay. And so you know, the world just went off. <laughs> so where it came, the world did go off for nothing. But I watched that video that you sent me. So you sent me the video of Hot 97. And so Tank said that Angela Yee was the one who brought dicks into it. So Yee pretty much set him up for the okey-doke. I did just want to point that out. It seemed like she set him up for the okey-doke. Because uh, the initial question was, if someone lies twice, does that make them a liar? And he said he, did, he didn't necessarily think that... that um, fit the criteria like now that they're just this you know um pretty much habitual liar or that's you can add that to their resume because they've lied twice and so i think ye was the one who threw it in like okay so if some if a man has his dick sucked twice pretty much or his penis sucked twice or whatever does that make him gay 
Or does that make him a homosexual? Something like that. I don't know. I'm just saying that to say she said tank up for the okie doke with this question. You know what? I don't even think she that's did. Oh, that's funny because I don't think she set him up. Because if you go on lip service, you know that the show is a sex, like, it, it is anchored in sex. Sexual experiences, sexual encounters, your and, and what you bring to that, whatever the topic is. So he was, so regardless of however they steer it, wherever it goes it always is rooted in, in that. So to me, it felt like it was a, so to me, I could see how like she would bring that up in the context of like that particular podcast, that particular interview. It wasn't like it was a breakfast club interview where they like, where that would have been like, huh? Um, even though they do stuff that <laughs> would have been, huh? Well, look, right. no, well you know, it, it, he wasn't <laughs> right. on CBS or ABC or so, or so some of their interview space, right. On some other platform where you'd be like, what? That like that show is geared towards that. If you watch any other interviews or listen to any other gotcha. podcast, like it is a sex, it's sex based, related, yeah, sex based show. Yeah. So okay, from that standpoint, I was like, okay, she's sort of bringing it back in there. Yeah, it was just like, like let me, you know, like I know who's in front of me, so let me let me go to the extreme with my example. <laughs> and she went to the extreme f- for in in terms of what she could have said that would or would not have resonated in the way that it did. So, yeah. Right. But, yeah, okay. no, no, I agree. Even with that interview, before, even before seeing that interview and afterwards, I still, like, agree. Like, I don't think that it makes you one way or the other. I think that's still a choice. And if we're going with the specific number of two, then there's so many other examples that could be given where the number two – like your answer would not be the same. Like where where the right. where the and by your I mean the people who thought otherwise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think what um okay, well one made me want to talk about it again on the podcast is on the minisode is that um I didn't know okay, so I didn't know the complete context of how that even came up in the interview. So um, it was interesting and actually like, you know, listening to his explanation again. Like I heard him on a breakfast club, um, but it still didn't seem like the way that he phrased it on this hot 97 uh, episode, I guess, but uh, interview made me look at it differently. And I was about to say, um, because I hadn't listened to the, the podcast, Angela Yee's podcast. I mean, Angela Yee. Yes. I hadn't listened to her podcast, so I didn't know the context of which it came. I just saw like all this social media uproar or whatever, but I'm glad like on, I, on, uh, the hot 97 interview too, like they brought up, uh, how it was like, un like culturally unacceptable pretty much. Like that's how people were, um, looking at it and pretty much coming to him about it. And I was like, see, this is just, you know, I mean, it to me it further um made me think about my under my skin last week my own under my skin uh while I was talking about how I needed a break from social media and tank was one of those um topics that people just went crazy on for like no reason really no reason especially here in the context of how it really came up you know but still and I and I still don't change my initial response to what he said like I I agree with him I don't think that makes you you know Gay. I mean, I feel like I know a lot of people that once had <laughs> same-sex relationships and no longer do. And you know, and I and I wouldn't label. Them, I mean, I wouldn't label them anyway. You know, they are who they are. You know what I mean? Like, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, it is what it is. That's. I mean, yeah. So I mean, 
so before we started recording we, we whatever listed up we like we know people like this this is not like yeah. like actual people whose lives have evolved over time and one aspect of their evolution has been like who it is that they're sleeping with every night which is none of our business really but like right who it is that they love right or who it is that they choose to invest their time and energy into in a, in a romantic way so it happens i think i agree and when and i and, and and a part of the reason why i agree with you and and sort of the broader context of what tank was saying is that there's so many different nuances to this that that depending on how you approach it yeah like Yes, and, and and part of that interview that I sent you, right? They talk, they they break it down by, and by that I mean different nuances. Like one of them is the racial component, right? Like if you approach it from that, black versus white, there's a uh, gender component, male versus female. That if you if you look at it, right, like you'll get different responses based on where you stand, and and their economic like an economic um differences that that that, mm-hmm. that, that, that shift how people respond to it right like what your social status is that shifts how people respond to it and so like there there were just many different layers and many different uh perspectives plug <laughs> that you could ah, yes you could approach this conversation with that that yeah but of course like i'm not knocking social media i mean obviously like i'm a pro- i use it i'm a pro like i live in that world uh that you don't get to have in those space in those social media spaces or that we haven't just moved into that era of social media where we go beyond sort of the surface of what someone's saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel that. And I think that's kind of like what they were talking about um, on that interview too, when they, you know, address some of the responses that he got and just, yeah, it was just crazy. But yeah, so that's why yeah, that's why we had to bring up Tank again with the uh the two dicks and you know <laughs> wait getting oh not two dang it's like now and I'm still messing it up because it's not two dicks it's it got his mm, sucked twice. Well, no, I say I maybe I should clarify. Okay, right. so when I listen to the interview again, I think uh or another interview of his in the regular episode in the episode I said getting your getting it sucked getting your dick sucked and i believe he was i believe angela you brought up if you give head and so i think that's what he was responding to if you give head because i remember him saying something you may not like the taste right like he made the joke about the taste oh either way whether you get it or give it twice i don't necessarily think that changes my answer but just for clarification on what the original conversation was about well okay so thus ends the conversation about tank and these however many times you got to do this act you know, it's funny. Okay, quickly, you know. just, just quickly before this. So uh, I started watching the, the Sway interview, and one of the, uh, you know, Sway does caller, you know, callers, callers call in and ask questions and respond. Anyway, so this was a part of it. And when they got off the air, one of their responses to the caller was that, like, even even talking about it, even saying those words, uh, some like, like, niggas act like, I shouldn't say that, people, men, Specific <laughs> men of co- black men act like it's a well, niggas act like it's a disease or something to even say it like they're gonna get a 
a plague or something out of their mouth because of the way that he was responding. And I thought that that was interesting. And I said that because it just made me think about there was a moment in during this minisode where uh, the language that I was going to use when I said two dicks, like the language I was going to use, I paused for a second because I thought about that word more so because this is a podcast, like more so because we're recording for like other people to hear and not like you and I just talking. Uh, and Do so we need try- to put a parental advisory up oh, on us. Every episode that <laughs> oh, needs <okay>. one. In <laughs> 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 some, but that was sort of anyway. That just that moment in myself as I was reflecting, uh, as I was reflecting, yeah, it made me think about that part of the episode too. So there, I mean, and and some of that speaks to like we've talked about this before, like the social conditioning, like the way we're domesticated to believe certain things are right or wrong from a societal standpoint. Like like even if we say and that even if we've evolved in certain ways that doesn't mean that there aren't some lingering effects like some residual effects that still linger at certain moments so we all have them huh yeah okay that makes sense because i thought about that in another way too okay yes look at you dropping gems dropping gems okay all right well is that all on tank is that we done (laughs) we done with that (laughs) All right, guys. Well, that is going to end this week's mini discussions. We hope you guys enjoyed it. And as always, we want you to give us some feedback. Let us know what you think about the situation. You know, hit us up. Um, you can find us on Instagram at a perspective underscore underscore. Email us at a perspective, no E at the end at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook, a perspective with Aaron and Ashley. And make sure you tell five people and tell them to tell five people as well. It's because of your support that we continue to grow and we genuinely appreciate it. So thank you. Yes, guys. We hope you have a great Monday. And remember, if you change your perspective, you can change your outcome. Hey.